0: Hello, guys! How are you doing? I hope you guys are doing well. This is going to be episode 2. I'm posting it right behind episode 1, and the reason for that is I really wanted to bring more than just the intro right off. Um, I brought you just the intro before in that last one, but I feel like we need to put out a, a good full-length episode on uh, a, a particular subject right off the bat. And I I figured sin is the best place to start. Um, In fact, all of this can be found on my blog. This is just an audio version of what I've written in my blog. And um, the reason for that is because I want to get this out to as many people as I possibly can. And what is my blog called? Well, my blog is called home. Dot blog. That's biblicaltruths.home.blog dot dot That's where you can find that. And so today, this is episode two. This is where we address sin. And I am recording this outside, so there's going to be a lot of ambient noise. I can do nothing about that, but uh, I live right next to a main road. But, with this said, I wanted to... Dive right in. So I'm going to try to do probably two or three posts a week, or blog posts, or in this case, podcasts about my blog posts. I'm going to try to do that uh, at least two to three times a week. Sometimes it'll only be one. It all depends on what's going on. It's been a busy summer. That's why I haven't been having a chance to post blogs, um, or post Podcasts. Got to forget what platform I'm on. Or remember anyway. All right. Before we begin, I got to say that the smallest word is sin with the biggest impact. So many of us in church history have come to believe and come to understand that sin is okay. Well, it's not really okay, but Jesus and God know, and a lot of ministries will teach this way. Um, I should know this because I uh, am a non-denominational minister, um, ran my own house church ministry for a while, Um, you know, I did an online seminary program and, uh, you know, talked with different pastors around the world about uh, their teachings and so forth, and have watched just as many as I have given over the years. Um, Currently, I'm on, I guess, sabbatical from standing in the front of the room. But um, So I know a little bit about what we teach others to teach. And one of the things that we teach is that, well, you can't stop sinning. The Christian can never stop sinning, and Jesus and God know this, so don't worry about it. All you got to do is uh, say the sinner's prayer, and all you got to do is apologize to God because they use the word repentance, but not in the context that it means. Repentance means to be so grieved from your sin, so pained and grieved from your sin that you stop doing it. Now, there's some truths to this. There's some truths to the Christian probably won't stop sinning. And the truths of this are we live in a broken and fallen world. And um, though you may stop one sin, you may discover another that you've got to repent from, stop doing. And uh, that, that is true. What do you use as your yardstick? What do you use to measure yourself to see if you're sinning or not? Well, most people use what goes on in their church. That's it. Most people use what goes on in their church, and they sit in their church on Sunday for an hour, and uh, that's pretty much the extent of it. Very few Christians nowadays read their Bibles on a daily basis or study it as... as um, something that they implement in their lives every single day to really try to understand. There's a lot of Christians out there, a lot of people calling themselves Christians, that the amount of scripture that they get is from um, a post on Facebook or uh, simply just uh, 45 minutes with 7 to 10 verses that the pastor puts up on the screen in church on Sunday. So a lot of folks don't know the Bible. The only way to know God and know Jesus is to read your Bible and dig in and actually see what the Bible does say. All right, that's enough of the intro. Let's get to the video or audio podcast. I'm doing a podcast. I got to remember it's audio. What platform am I on? Okay. Nice airplane going over. So I entitled this episode two, Sin, Where It All Came Unraveled can imagine where I'm going with this, because you've heard this preached so many different times, but perhaps not quite the way I'm going to talk about this today. I don't believe this is a preaching, I believe this is just a talking. I believe this is like you and me sitting down for a cup of coffee or tea, I don't know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever. Here we go. Still in Genesis, we can agree quickly what happens next. Adam was created. And given some instruction by God. He, as with all people, are created in God's image. God saw Adam needed a helper and created Eve for him. Then God gave them both some instructions. We see some of those instructions play out before our eyes with the first two people choosing to do what they want instead of what God said to do. We find this is in Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 through 6, which I'll read for you now. You won't die, said the serpent. God knows that your eyes will be opened up as soon as you eat it, meaning the fruit. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her. And he ate it The serpent, being Satan, tells Eve, if she eats the fruits, she will be like God, which is something that man strives for on a daily basis. We can never be like God, but we are made in God's image. Right? And he promised her that she would know both good and evil. But they already knew good. God created everything and said at the end of everything he created that it was quote-unquote good. And with Adam being created, in other words, human beings being created, he called that very good. So they already knew good. God told Adam what to do. And I'm sure that Adam explained that to his wife. This is what to do. This is what God said. Husbands and wives talk. If not, then the relationship doesn't go anywhere. So I'm sure that God gave Adam the instructions, then when she was created, they talked about those instructions, and then God gave them jointly as a couple instructions. God gave instructions! That word's going to mean something in a moment. So they both knew good really well. They didn't know evil. They were doing what God gave as instructions. That's good. But in a moment, in a moment, they opted to do their own thing. And that was not what God instructed, and that was not good. Thus, it was evil. That's how they knew evil. They defied God. They fell. We can agree on this, right? So, Let's look at this a little further. God gave the people instruction. Well, we know that the English rendering of the word law, if we look up the word law in a concordance, it gives us the Hebrew word Torah, T-O-R-A-H, pronounced tow and then ra. In this Torah or Torah, as we'll call it using our English words, this word Torah means instruction. Okay, doesn't mean law. It means instruction. It's the same instructions that God gave Adam and Eve. It's His wisdom He's passing on to His people. The Torah, the first five books of our Christian Bibles, the very first five books of our Christian Bibles, is called Torah, according to the Jewish. And the Jewish are the closest thing to the Hebrew that we have... So they can be traced back all the way to Adam and Eve. At least through at least to Noah, anyway. Because I know some of you will start debating on that, so I would clarify. At least to Abraham. Most people call it the Abrahamic covenant, the covenant of Abraham and God. And there's the Mosaic covenant. I digress. So the word Torah should be used there. God's instruction is Torah. Before Moses, God spoke to these people and he told them what to do. Thus, he gave Torah. Torah means instruction, just to clarify. So it's the first five books of our Christian Bible. It's basically how God says he wants his people to live, and it's the story of him building his people into a nation. So what is sin? Well, we see that Adam and Eve sin, they quote-unquote, fall. We can read, and I strongly suggest you do with me, chapter 3 of Genesis about the fall. You will see that God told Adam and Eve not to eat from the tree in the garden center. And Eve was tempted by the serpent because the serpent told her she could be like God And have his wisdom or his knowledge and she wanted that and Adam as we saw a moment ago who was with her stood by and allowed this to happen now Adam is the husband he's created first his job is to protect his wife keep his wife safe he doesn't do that their job is to tend and protect the garden they don't do it so as a couple they fail as husband and wife they fail see where I'm going So Eve is tempted by the serpent and she gives in and she does it. She felt that she knew better than the serpent and tried to correct him. Tried to give the, I'm going to give this serpent an education. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Never get into a debate with the devil. Remember, Satan is a fallen angel. He knows your Bible before you do. She debated. She talked to the devil. Her ego was used against her. If Adam was her husband, and we know by God's word that he was, then he should have stepped up and protected his wife from this encounter, killing the serpent even. However, Adam stood back next to watch this conversation. but see what happens. If she dies, I'm not eating that fruit. So his ego was also played against him. We know that Eve didn't die, and Adam also eats of this forbidden fruit of God. Adam and Eve violated what? God's instruction, His Torah, what God said. The two people on the earth, the only two people on earth, went against what God instructed. This is so simple. When we do what God says, we know good. When we do, don't do what God says, we know evil and thus are tempted by the devil. As a fellow Christian, I know what you're thinking. I live in the New Testament covenant. It's different than those Jewish people have to follow, right? See, I used to think that way, my friend. I used to think that way because that is how man tells us to think. Do you know the only, the place that you can find the clearest definition of sin do you know where to find that in your bible my guess is you don't because i didn't either even though i was a minister turn to first john ooh matter of fact first john chapter 3 verse 4 and you and i will read this everyone who sins is breaking god's law let's read that correctly Everyone who sins is breaking God's Torah, for all sin is contrary to the Torah of God, or it says here, the law of God. You can find that in 1 John 3, 4. What you can do is you can go to something like the Blue Letter Bible or any concordance, and you can look up the word law, and then you can follow that through, and and you will find it does indeed come to the word Torah, Torah, as we know it in English speak today. We see here that sin breaks God's Torah, God's instructions, what he tells his people to do. This means that anything that is not in alignment with what God says is against him. It's sin. It's something he cannot have in front of him because he is perfect and just. Also, being called sin brings it to a new level. It's not just doing something against your father. It's now becoming an enemy of your father. How many of us do that by declaring that his Torah has been done away with for Christians? That was a trick of the devil, by the way. He slid that into the church through the church fathers. Well, we'll cover that in another podcast. But that's not all, brother and sister. We are taught to know that Jesus died for us, and that's it. We can still walk in sin as long as we attend church, say some rites and rituals, or confess our sins to a priest or minister. And then he may say to do some Hail Marys or Our Fathers, depending on your denomination. Okay. But basically, the message is, you can keep on sinning because you can't stop. It's impossible for the Christian to stop sinning. That's the message that the modern church, and sadly me as a trained minister, used to speak. It's an anti-biblical teaching. But But historically and basically, what we must understand is what Jesus says go and sin no more. The issue is the here that I hope you can recognize and agree that anything outside of what God says or instructs us or Torahs us is called sin. A verse later in John says this on the issue of walking in sin. He is clear and echoes even what Jesus taught on this subject. When John says in 1 John 3, 5-6, through this, And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins, and there is no sin in him. Jesus is sinless, right? Good, we agree. Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin. Ouch! This isn't preached in church. But anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him or understand who he is. Oh, ah, that sucks. No wonder why the pastor and the priest isn't going to preach this in a sermon. This is John. John telling us that if you continue to walk in that sin that you've always walked in after declaring Christ, you're not really in Christ. To live in Christ doesn't mean keep sinning. John, like Paul, warns us to leave our sins. Now he's talking about, he's talking to believers here. He's saying that the believer who walks in his sin doesn't know Jesus or understand Jesus. However, the modern church teaches that it is impossible to stop sinning. Jesus Paul and even John say otherwise they say you will stop sinning if you're walking in Christ whom do you believe doctrine of man or God's Bible his word for me I'm gonna believe Jesus John Peter I'm gonna believe these people for me I'm gonna believe the Bible I'm gonna believe God because God and the Bible are and Jesus, and what the disciples did, and what the Holy Spirit gives us, those are all things we should listen to, not the modern man of the modern age. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the apostles are equal to Christ. Not in the slightest. God, then his Son, then the Holy Spirit... Then the disciples and the rest of us just fall under that. So right after this, right after this, John tells us something. So in 1 John 3, 7 through 10, we're going to read this. Now, John has already told us that if you're walking in Christ, you will not sin. And anyone who keeps on sinning does not know Christ. And immediately he follows that up with this. Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil. Ah, John, you're hurting us here. That they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Ooh, amen. Those who have been born into God's family, i.e. born again, do not make the practice of sinning. They stop it. Why? This goes on to say, Because God's life is in them, in other words, the Holy Spirit, so they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil anyone who does not live righteously and does and does not love other believers does not belong to God again that's first john 3 7 through 10 so john tells us that you don't know Jesus if you're still walking in that perpetual sin you don't know Jesus He doesn't say, go and confess to your priest and do five Hail Marys and ten Our Fathers. He doesn't say, God, I'm sorry, I'm repenting of it, that's it. See, we take the word repentance and we say to ourselves that if we repent of our sin, God, I repent of the sin I committed last Thursday with, I don't know, foul language, pornography, whatever the case may be that you you believe you sinned on. I could list so many, but... I'm not going to do that here. Whatever it is that you think you sinned on and then you go to you go and you're sitting there and you're like, Lord, you're in church on Sunday or wherever it may be and you're like, Lord, oh, I committed this sin last Tuesday. I'm really sorry, Lord. I'm really, you know, I'm repenting of that, Lord, is the word you're going to use. But that's not repentance. Saying I'm sorry is not repentance. Repentance is feeling like you just cheated on your wife. I say these things from a man's perspective. So him, her, or him, him, you know, I'm doing this from a man's perspective because I'm a guy. So, you know, it's like when you cheat on your, if you cheat on your wife and she catches you, you feel so bad about it. You don't feel bad that you did it because it was fun to do it, but you feel bad that you got caught, right? I know there's at least one or two people out there that understand this, but I know, I know that At least if people did something wrong in their childhood when the parents caught them, they knew they were wrong, they felt bad about it. Well, it's to feel so bad and so grieved that you don't do it again. That's what repentance is. Many of us feel like we're sorry. We say sorry to God all the time, but we don't ever stop doing the sin, right? So John says that you don't know Jesus if you're walking in that perpetual sin. Well, I gave my life to Jesus. I said, I, I said the sinner's prayer. I'm good. I covered myself in the blood of Christ. No, you're still doing that same sin. You don't know Jesus, right? Whew! And then he goes on to say that if if you're continuing in sin, you're the child of the devil. Whew! John is a serious, hardcore preacher right there. Well. As I said, we read a few things here. John warns us about people like today's popular teachers or pastors who say it's okay to keep sinning because you can't stop. It's impossible for you to stop sinning. Jesus knows this and uh, God knows this. They just forgive you. It's okay. Just say you're sorry for your sins. It's good enough. Well, John lets us know that sin is never okay and that you're the child of the devil. And you don't know Jesus. He explains that people who do what is right are God's children. So what is right? What is right? Well, we know from Adam and Eve's lesson, right is, righteousness is, defined in the Bible as what? Following God's commands. You follow God's commands, you're right. You walk against God's commands, you are not right. (laughs) righteousness is 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 following god's commands according to the bible okay following his instructions his instructions are the first five books of the bible basically how to live and we see what happens if you don't keep you don't keep it you become adam and eve you walk in sin and if you're walking in sin You're not walking in Christ. If you're not walking in Christ, you're not walking with God. If you're not walking with God, you must be walking with the devil. According to John, okay, now that you know what sin is, the definition of it, which according to 1 John 3, 4, sin is what? Anything that's contrary to God's instruction. Let's see what else we can learn from this about God's instructions. Now, I don't want you to look at what I think. I don't want you to look at what your pastor thinks. I don't want you to look at what you think. I want you to look at what the Bible says because the Bible is the inspired word of God. It comes from God through man. So we should probably pay attention to it. Right? Jesus is our rabbi. Depending on your translation are rabbi or teacher, because rabbi means teacher, if you study Hebrew at all. or or Anyways, so Jesus is our high priest, not the Pope, Jesus. Let's see what the head of the church thinks. Let's ask what the head of the church thinks. What does Jesus think? Well, we're going to do that in the next podcast. We're going to find out if Jesus actually backs up John here. If Jesus actually says something that John says, or at least say something similar to what John just said. We're going to see in our next podcast. But right now, I just want you to take this home with you. I want you to read chapter 3 of Genesis. I want you to read about the fall. Okay, It's very important that you do that. I want you to see where God says to Adam and Eve this is what I want you to do this is what I don't want you to do and he gives them instruction and I want you to see that after he told them not to eat from the fruit in the center of the garden the devil comes along and says well you can be like God you don't really have to do what God says. Because, brothers and sisters, friends, I want to tell you everything that we're doing that we can't find in the Bible, that we can't find in God's instruction, if it's listed as a prohibition and we do it anyway, we are outside of Torah. We're outside of the first five books of the Bible. We are outside of God's instruction. And John clearly warns us that if you're outside of God's instruction, you don't know Christ, you don't know God, and if you're outside of Christ and outside of God, you're the child of the devil. Now, I want to be very clear here, I want to wind down with this. What happens if you're a Christian? You've given your life to Jesus, you stopped your old ways, you put on the new man, and what happens if? You're reading Torah one day, God's instruction, and you come across something that you feel convicted by in the spirit on, and you gotta work on that now. Does that mean you're this child of the devil? Well, it means you're embracing the devil's ways if you do that sin after you've been saved, right? What, well, what's the purpose of the law? The purpose of Torah is to expose our sin to us. So we correct our path. It's on us to correct the path, not God. God's not going to just correct you. you. know, He's not going to just take that sin away from you. He wants you to deal with it. He wants you to process it. He wants you to stop it. He wants you to move away from it. He wants you to put it to death. How do we know this? How do we know this? Well... Cain and Abel is the great story, which you can look up after. It should come along right after Adam and Eve fall. It should be in the very next chapter. God tells Cain, don't worry. If you just do what's right, if you just do what's right, you'll be good. Don't murder your brother. What does Cain do? He murders his brother. God told him not to do it. God told him if he just did what right, if he if he mastered his if he if he didn't let sin control him and he mastered it, all would be well. He doesn't. He kills his brother. He doesn't master his sin. So I would say that if you are a Christian who is struggling with a sin, working very very hard and feel really grieved not just oh oh man I screwed up I did that last Tuesday but like in tears your heart is broken like you've been you've you've cheated on your wife or girlfriend in a sense because see we're in a relationship with God whether we want to admit it or not it's not just a relationship we're in a relationship with God and we cheat on him because we're called adulterers at heart so if you're not so moved and grieved by your sin that you stop it, you're not walking with Christ. That's how you know. But if you're, if you're battling it and you get a win one day and you get a loss the next and you get a win another day and it lasts for a longer time, etc., then you're fighting it. You're doing what you're supposed to. Pray. Ask God for help. Ask God for more word. Ask the Holy Spirit to move through you enough to be able to conquer it. He will provide a way at some point but he's relying on you to do the work okay that's enough about sin right now um what we're going to do is uh we're going to pick this back up in the next episode and in the next episode we're going to talk a little bit about jesus and what he says about sin then i hope this uh hope this helps you on your walk um as a christian or as a Messianic or as whoever. I hope that this blesses you and helps you on your walk. You can leave a comment. um, Let me know what you think either way. Um, God bless and good day.